What's up, you guys? All right, I'm going to give you a little prequel before we prequel, prequel <laughs> before we jump into today's episode. This was part two. Well, it wasn't really a continued conversation, but it was an additional conversation with the amazing and brilliant Michelle Hunter of Michelle Hunter Creative. If you haven't listened to that episode, I will be linking to it in the show notes. Michelle is just this genius when it comes to packaging, pricing, branding. And so we did a follow-up conversation strictly on packaging and pricing your offers. You guys are in for a real treat with this. So enjoy the episode. Stay tuned to the end because Michelle, (laughs) I kind of put her on the spot and said, hey, could we do a private group where you review people's offers? So stay tuned to the end and I'll have a link for you. All right, let's get into the show. Enjoy the episode. Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Okay, sorry. We are live. I was just double checking the page. And of course, to check the page that it's on, I have to hear myself screaming and yelling, welcome everybody. I'm sorry if that was super loud. So... (laughs) Anyways, welcome you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, Michelle Hunter. Thank you so much for being here again. I'm so excited. I love your audience and this group. It's just, we had so much fun last time. I've been looking forward to being back and talking about pricing and packaging and all kinds of really fun stuff. So thank you. Well, thank you. And you guys, I am just going to give a huge shout out and kudos to Michelle who had been traveling and (laughs) met her second grandson yesterday, flying, (laughs) traveling. So she talk about showing up. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. And you know, it's wonderful. Grandma's being the grandma is like amazing. My mom tried to tell me and I just didn't have, um, I didn't really appreciate it until I could just swoop in hold him, say hello, snuggle him, go home, sleep all night. It's wonderful. So, <laughs> You know, it's so funny. I always think about that with, with, I have some good friends whose kids are a lot younger than mine. And at 18 and 22, I'm like, freedom. So <laughs> I can't wait till that piece. Uh, anyways. All right, guys. So this is how I want to run this. We're going to jump in. And if you're listening to the replay, thank you for listening. I will drop a link to the first conversation we had with Michelle in the comments afterwards. If you're listening on the podcast, of course, the, the post will link to the first episode because I have no doubt they're going to tie together. And it's funny because my original intention with that first one was to get into pricing, but we just ran. So. <laughs> We did. So here we are. Um, okay, so what I would love to jump into, Michelle, and you guys, again, this is interactive engagement. So please, if you've got a question as we're going, pop in. I'll wait for a pause. Um, Michelle, you can't see the questions, correct? Or you? Okay. I don't think so. I, maybe okay. I can, and I just don't know how. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Like, I'm still getting familiar with StreamYard, so I don't think you can, so I will be moderating. Okay. Um, so. The, the two main things, guys, that we are going to talk about today is packaging your offers and pricing them. So I sent an email out this morning about my big epiphany of a product versus an offer. So I would love to hear your thoughts on a product versus an offer, Michelle. Sure. And in full disclosure, I haven't read your email. I saw it come through. So <laughs> I'm sorry. 
<laughs> no, no, no. It was it was uh, listening to a podcast with Russell Brunson. I'll do a quick summary because people are listening. And where he was talking about trying to launch ClickFunnels and it took them six full individual webinars and trying things. And, and each webinar went live with different tests and stuff. And what they found is they packaged, you know, buy six months of ClickFunnels and get this class free. Meh, didn't convert buy the class and get six months of ClickFunnels was impressive. a total home run, right? And that was the sixth webinar they ran. And so I thought it was the, like a big aha moment for me in terms of, wow, that's an offer. ClickFunnels is a product. Mm-hmm. So that was the email. <laughs> well, and, and you froze right in the middle. So actually I didn't hear the oh. big aha. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. So really quick. And, and I mean, if you're watching the video guys, just the, uh, if I did freeze live, I apologize. <laughs> But the aha was selling um, a course and then mm-hmm. giving six months of ClickFunnels versus buying yes. six months of ClickFunnels and getting a free course. Yes. Okay, cool. So you wanted to know what my thoughts are on an offer versus a product? Exactly. So, yeah, how, how do you define that? That was, a, that was just a big moment for me. Like mm-hmm. I got the difference. Right. So I don't know that I have a hard and fast definition, honestly, but... I think for me, a product is very tangible. So even if it's a, it, like a course feels tangible, um, obviously your planner is tangible. A candle is tangible. Uh, this pen is tangible. Oops, mm-hmm. Get it on camera. So if, so that, that's a product, but I think a lot of time, and so a service generally is an offer. The problem though, is that um, our services our creative services quite often feel like a product to the client. So for instance, if I'm writing website copy for you, I would consider that an offer because it's completely service-based, but for you, it feels like a product because you're buying completed content from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what's important in all of that, in that whole conversation is to put yourself in the mind of your client and think, how are they going to want to consume this? And where are they going to see the value? How can I demonstrate value most easily to lead to conversion. So for instance, when I sell website copywriting, the most valuable piece of that is the strategy, but the strategy is very much an offer, doesn't feel like a product, and a client who hasn't worked with me often doesn't understand the value of that. So for me to lead with the strategy and um, try to sell that, try to talk about the value there, that's a tougher sell. It's harder for me to convert around strategy, um, especially a cold audience who doesn't not only doesn't understand why they need strategy per se, but then also doesn't understand how I would deliver strategy. But if I charge for um, website copywriting and talk about the um, deliverables within that, And then change inside the conversation, change it to highlight the strategic approach and wrap value around strategy. I can charge more for it. If this is this making sense, (laughs) I feel like I'm not saying it elegantly. No, no. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) But I because I bundle the strategy in with a deliverable that people can understand, then what I'm actually still selling is strategy, but they're. Um, they're able to consume it because it comes with a deliverable that they can appreciate. So it's like, um, I, I, let me, let me just feedback like kind of what I heard and my, because my thought on that, it's, I actually had a a call with somebody yesterday who does web services and I did ask everybody. um, So you guys, Robert said he does services. So, cause that I'm sure can help Michelle 
sort of as we craft this conversation, if you differentiate, and when I mean, are you selling courses or something mm-hmm. downloadable, physical, or are you packaging services? So my understanding, Michelle, as an example, I, I had this call yesterday and she does web services and she really wants to switch into consulting, right? And mm-hmm. so I said, you know, have you ever thought about trying to price it in a way so that the cost is the same, but you basically say, look, I do consulting and marketing. We're going to go ahead and give you the website for free, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's that tangible, but she wants the consulting service, the ongoing thing. So is that an example sort of of what you were talking about? Maybe not how it's priced, but it's positioning the consulting and strategy as the value. And I'm not knocking websites as a commodity or that they should or shouldn't be priced that way. But I was hoping that made sense. (laughs) It does. And the thing you have to be careful about when you do that, so that is a very good strategy, but the where I have seen it work well, and I do this myself. So I have a, I have a, I would say the top um, offer that I have in my business is a marketing intensive that involves, um, six or eight weeks of strategy. I can't remember. It depends on the client, I think. And then at the end, the webs, I do website copywriting and messaging for them. And so I position it that the website copywriting and messaging is just like you said, it's, it's, it's included. I don't say, I don't like the word free actually for my business, but I'm like, this is included in the package, but you really, you know, I'm going to help you take all the strategy and apply it to your copy. So you don't have to worry about copywriting that um, allows them to have something tangible to hang the value on when they get into it though, and start working with me, what they say is, Oh my gosh, I didn't understand how amazing this was. And then that becomes a test. That sounded really self-serving, but you understand what I mean? Once they get no. into the, they get into the strategy and they're like, Oh, I didn't think I needed strategy, but wow, you've blown me away with this. Then there's a compelling story that I can use in a case study to build, to help demonstrate the strategic value. Is that making sense? It totally does. It totally does. So, and oh, you know, go ahead. I, I just remember, I was going to say the problem that we have when we do that, when we bundle is that we, because it converts that way really easily and we can say, well, this is, this is free or this is included. And here's the strategy. We never shift the client's thinking from placing more value on the tangible than on the intangible. And so then what happens is you get to the end and the client's like, okay, but I still want to nitpick this deliverable because I don't feel like I got enough value because I need to add more of this or more of that. Or, you know, you, I thought I was going to get 10 hours of maintenance and I've only used nine and a half and I'm not sure what you did with that. So when we're in the middle of working on an offer like that, we have to shift their thinking from placing the value on the deliverable that we gave away and moving the value to the piece that we added on. So in your click funnel example, um, ideally people would understand they, they would consume the course, but then understand that the real value came in the click funnels. Mm-hmm. portion. And so you have to be really intentional of helping shift that mindset around where the value is. Does that make sense? It, yeah, it is. And I think this is a conversation to have too. Um, and yes, Nancy was asking me if this recording will be available for later. Absolutely. Because I will pull the audio and put it into a podcast too, Nancy. So it'll be a regular podcast. Um, and I actually did transcribe Michelle's first one. I just haven't edited the transcriptions yet because... <laughs> I'm not fast at that. Um, 
Yeah, it totally does. And that piece of like the website for free, I get that too, because that will tie in. I actually have a question on with pricing about never discounting. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so how should someone approach this then? Because I get like what I'm hearing you say that there is, you really do need to help the client make that leap from Mm -hmm. I'm paying for this versus getting, do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You're how do we help the client understand where the real value is mm-hmm. when you're making that sale? Right. When you're making the sale, it can be mm-hmm. challenging. Um, the, the phrase to use or, or a similar, it doesn't, you don't have to use this exact phrase, but the thought is so that, so we need to, we need to connect dots for the client with something similar to so that um, I'm including the website copy so that you can put the strategy into practice. This offer includes strategy so that we have a clue what we're doing when we build out your design. This, <laughs> this offer includes consult calls so that we can work, so I can support you as you're moving through the course or so I can, you know, like, what is the reason? I think a lot of times we give a list of deliver- deliverables or a list of things that are included and we don't add the so that to explain why that's important. So, so what if they get six calls with me? What does that mean? Like, who cares? Am I that Mm -hmm. great that you just get to be on the phone with me for six times? Awesome. You know, unless I connect the dots and explain the value of that, those six calls don't matter. And so I think it behooves us in the sales process to connect all the dots so that we don't just pour on deliverables or whether they're tangible or intangible without giving them a context of value. And so with the, so that I literally put that like in caps <laughs> notes, I'm like, I really feel like I should have that as a uh, sticky note. So that, I mean, that will apply then to copy on a sales page that mm-hmm. will apply to how you're presenting in a webinar or a, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, using that and that's that dot connector. Does anyone yeah. have any questions so far on the, I, I guess how I would say it is it's helping that client make that leap to connecting the value. Um, especially with services. I think it's, you know, of course you can map it all out super easy on a landing page, on a sales page, whatever, but having an actual conversation with somebody can be a little bit tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert was saying, let's see, it's the explaining the why same thing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think what we do though, often that's, a, that's like a mistake is because we have thought so much about the value we provide and we've done all of that you know, Simon Sinek, what is my why? Why am I passionate? All that stuff. And we've done usually really deep thought work around that. When we try to explain it to potential clients, we do it at that deep thought work level and we totally lose them. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you sell someone a t-shirt so that they have something on and they can get service at the grocery store. Like it's not always high <laughs> and esoteric. Sometimes it's really just, you know, practical. And so I think when we write sales copy or or we're talking to clients, we need to back up and really start with the basics, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then and layer in the stuff that we thought so hard about instead of like showing up and sharing <laughs> the, the, okay. the deep work. <laughs> with the, okay. So I'm going to jump in with an example because yeah. I had this other little epiphany. My life seems to be full of them lately. Um, I don't know. Spring is sprung. The ideas are flowing. So yesterday in the content creator space group, I had someone saying that he was enjoying the, uh, I've got a free course, right? Mm-hmm. Content traffic Kickstarter. It's pretty deep. It's like six sections, like 30 lessons. They're, they're quick, but he's a beginner. And he said, 
wow, this, I'm not sure where to start or whatever. And I was thinking, God, you know, I went like all in with this free course at the same time. (laughs) How about just the basics? Like do a top 10 things to get started with content marketing so that you can (laughs) go into the next course. right? Right. But by doing a free thing and not doing this whole, because I do go into why you want to think about context and ever like the stuff that maybe they're not ready for is kind of what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Yep. I yeah. think, I think that an overarching thing to remember when we're doing anything related to pricing, related to selling, related to creating lead magnets and free offers and paid offers and whatever, we really need to get inside the client's head or the customer's head and figure out what they need in that moment. So if you're positioning that free course for a beginner you've probably overshot the mark, right? That's what his feedback's telling you. You've maybe overshot. So that it's okay that you did that if you're not positioning it for a beginner and he's an outlier. Mm-hmm. But, but I think if you're creating something intentionally for someone who is new, you need to think about that in like new terms. That's why they teach, you know, arithmetic in school before they teach calculus, because yeah. we need to understand arithmetic and we don't even need to understand it in the context of calculus yet when we're second graders. Like it's not, right. those don't go together. So, you know, I think we, um, myself included, we talk over our audience sometimes and we create offers that are bigger than our audience really needs. And then we price them accordingly because they're big. And then we wonder why they don't convert. And then we often think, well, it's because the price is too high. And so we take the price down and now we're giving away amazingness for like nothing and still it's not converting. And the problem was never the price at all. It was always the size of the offer for the customer, um, the lack of alignment between what the client needed and what we were offering. Huge there because it's me, I'm thinking, well, it, and it's interesting. So as an example with that, <clears throat> so we did the planner and I may have used this last time, so I'm sorry, but someone had had said, oh, maybe doing a light version of the planner. And I'm like, no, because that's not who I'm selling to, right? Mm-hmm. The planner was specifically created for people who understand this space. They understand digital mm-hmm. marketing, they understand social media content, all of that. So, um, so for that perspective, but with my brand, I'm thinking there may be people who resonate with me and they're at different stages in the journey. That doesn't mean I can't serve them all. Yes. I mean, it, it, to me, it was hugely helpful to get that feedback. Hugely helpful. Yes. Um, yeah. More saying too, often people don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. So presenting the solution brings the problem to the surface. Totally agree with that hundred percent. And so um, again, I think it's important to meet your client where they're at and sometimes, and you can, um, you can really only move people only intellectually move one step at a time. And so if you're going to move someone, you have to meet them where they're at and move them. Sometimes presenting a solution that's well above them, opens up their understanding of what's possible. So you show them a picture of possibility and then you still join them where they're at and offer them the next step. So one of the things that, and you know, we're, we're supposed to be talking about pricing, right? But this all, we're getting there. I'm like, I'm trying to like, okay, stick with your outline, Kim. Sorry. But, but this all kind of flows together. So if you haven't done it yet, one of the things I really recommend for Um, service providers especially, but it can work if you have a combination of information products and services as well, is to map out the client journey through your business. Um, And that client's journey in general, like even before and after your service. So for instance, um, I I support creative 
entrepreneurs, so people who do creative work, um, artists, content creators, um, design, web designers, illustrators, videographers, photographers, you know, people who are, they think creatively, they have like a creative mindset. I support them when they have been established for a while and now they want to expand. They're, they've come to the limit of what they can do on their DIY-ness um, or maybe with some other providers, and they need to really get serious about this whole digital marketing thing and, and refining their positioning. So on someone's overall customer journey, I'm in a very specific spot, right? But those people start out, let's take a photographer. A photographer starts out interested in using their phone to take pictures of family. And then they think, oh, you know what? I'm kind of good at this. Maybe I'll learn a little bit more about it. Then they buy a camera that they really like, like a more professional camera and the tripod and they, they start doing maybe some senior photo headshots for their niece (laughs) or nephew or something. And they're like trying it on. And then they're taking pictures at weddings. And all of a sudden somebody says to them, or they think to themselves, why don't I do this for work? Like I could make a business out of this. That's, that's way at the, I'm not on camera. I'm like, I'm so so expressive visually. So like, that's right. That's at one end of the continuum, right? It's the very beginning. And so as soon as they have that spark of idea that, oh, I want to start a business. Now they're thinking about how do I work it online? Do I need a website? Do I need to write my own copy? How do I do this? How do I package stuff? How do I get clients at the beginning? Then they get a little more established. They've served a few clients. They have different needs. Then they need somebody like me. Then after they've worked with somebody like me, they need someone else. Maybe they need an an online business manager or someone to help them expand their team or someone to create an agency. Not everybody goes from the beginning to successful agency with 20 employees. Not everybody chooses to walk that whole path. But it behooves me to speak to people who are ahead of me on the path because they're going to become my people. Mm -hmm. right? Or some of them are. So when I'm creating an offer, I need to think about who is this for? Where are they at in the journey? And how can I move them one step closer to working with me in a profitable way? So maybe I have a a beginning offer that's smaller, that's targeted for people earlier on, and I can market that and make a little money off of it and start building a relationship with them. And then my big ticket thing is for people who are right in that sweet spot where I want to serve them. Yeah, that's totally gold. It's completely gold. And it's interesting because I haven't done that actually with my personal brand is that customer journey. And I'm super clear on it now. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump into that. I'd be curious to know if any of you guys have done that and how it's played out. Um, So just watching our time. So last thing sort of on the offer and product, you know, where do you think, I don't know, how do you package offers in terms of what to include. And maybe if you could differentiate between a service and a course, because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I don't know, I do think courses sell better when you add some bonuses or however you want to do it, as long as they're truly valuable and tangible. <laughs> yep. So uh, in general, whether it's a service or a product, I think it's important to only include things that actually add value and add value to the client, not necessarily to you. So for instance, um, in a course, let's say. So there's also so you, a, a common thing that people add, they add, obviously they have often training videos or whatever, and then they have some homework and maybe a workbook or a guide that's kind of standard. And then they'll add in a support group. So a Facebook group or a group coaching call series or something like that. 
you add that in so that, again, the so that, so that people can be supported so they can have their questions answered, that adds value. Now, if you add in a bonus of, um, you also get access to this other course that I did a long time ago that actually isn't relevant at all to the course you're taking, but I'm just throwing it in so you'll buy more stuff from me. <laughs> that That's a misstep because it doesn't align with the course itself. But if you can, if you can add in bonuses that do align, so maybe let's just say that you can have a course about um, content strategy and mapping out your content strategy and being serious about it. And then you want to add in the planner because the planner is aligned with the topic of the course. It's a good add in. Yeah. And it, and it is a good selling strategy. Um, Normally, if you can't, if you don't have tangible things to add into something like a course as a bonus, I will add in um, access so I think we often forget that access to us is very, is valuable, right? Mm-hmm. If we're the expert, I mean, it, it feels a little cheesy because really like people should pay to talk to me. Like you pay your friends to play with you on the playgrounds. Like it's not exactly <laughs> right. But, well, but if what you're selling is your expertise, yeah, then a bonus is um, recorded coaching calls. So coaching call recordings that I'm going to share with you, like group coaching or access to this other video series that I did, or access to a one-on-one call with me, or access to a group call with me. Those access points are actually tangible. I don't know. I'm playing fast and loose with the definition of tangible. But they're they're deliverables that ha- hold value for people. And so they're good to add in. Well, I think they are tangible if you record it. I mean, yeah. that's, that, that, that's hugely valuable. Um, so, okay, we don't have any questions on that. So let's jump in to pricing because I know you've got tons of opinions on this. Wow. Um, let's start with where to start with pricing. I'm, I'm just going to call it an offer now. So whether it's a service or mm-hmm. a product, let's, let's assume we're making an offer. So where do you even start with coming up with your price? Okay. Um, I think the first thing to think about is what do you need in order to be profitable? So we often don't consider what our cost is in something. Um, how much time does it take? How much time did I put into it? How much effort did I put into it? How much effort am I going to have to put into marketing? Like, what is it going to take for me to, to just even offer this? What are my costs? So that's one factor. Another factor is what will the market bear? So what I see a lot of us doing is looking to see what other people charge for something similar. And we say, oh, okay, well, he charged $100 for that. I could probably get $100 for that. Okay, that's what I'll sell it for. That's not the way to do it. So, (laughs) But it is true that some things do have a ceiling and there is an element of positioning that has to do with the offer. So um, I'm going to use cars as an example because I'm from Michigan and this is where we make cars. Um, but sorry about that. (laughs) I love that. Let's make up a number. Yeah, Yeah. that is the wrong way. Make up a number. Um, sorry, I got distracted by that. So um, I apologize. (laughs) So at the end of the day, if what I need is transportation from my home to the grocery store, I can do that in a Chevy. I can do that in a Cadillac. I can do it in a Lexus. So really that I can do it on the bus. I don't even need a car. So there are lots of points of value for me if what I'm really looking for is transportation, right? But so if I just looked and said, okay, I'm going to put a new car on the market. What do people charge for cars? Well, Chevy charges this, Lexus charges that. I'll take something in the middle. Great, that's what I'll offer my car for. I'm I'm not evaluating a whole bunch of other factors. Like who is the audience for this? 
what level of prestige do they have? What can they do with this car? Are, am I going to show off at the grocery store because I have a brand new shiny Lexus or am I okay with showing up in a hoopty with like only one headlight that works? Like where is the standard, right? What is the expectation of the audience? And that's a factor in the pricing. Another thing to consider is um, my brand. So have I branded myself as being a Walmart or being a Macy's? Have I branded myself as being prestigious and an expert or have I branded myself as being accessible? Am I positioned to serve a nonprofit audience that I know has a smaller budget or a small business audience that I know has a smaller budget? Or am I trying to work with industry greats like, you know, Marie Forleo or um, a big company like Coca-Cola? So you there's an an understanding of the value of the services. And so the price that you select actually tells a story about the value that you're going to deliver. And so if I want to stand with the big dogs, run with the big dogs, mixing every metaphor into the sun. If I want to, if I want to stand with dogs, then the way that I do that is I look around at who I want to stand with and what are they charging? And can I stand in that same space? Can I confidently say my consulting services are 10 grand or is that going to make me die inside? If I can't do it confidently, then I probably do need to charge two grand till I can. I don't, I still don't think I answered your question. Did I? I'm like all around. No, I think you did. And well, another analogy that popped up. So I was uh, recently at this mastermind event and talking about content. And these were people who make significant incomes. They're like, well, I just want you to do that for me. And I thought, okay. And what they want to pay a month is nothing I would put on my website. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, this is something that has to be a select service. Mm -hmm. And so the analogy, I, like, I don't even know that I'll market it, to be honest with you. It's going to be a referral thing. And yep. what I was thinking of, I don't know if anybody else has heard this, but there is something that Disneyland or Disney offers called Club 33. Have you ever heard of that? No. Most people haven't because it's a really pricey membership you have to apply to get into. You get secret access. I mean, we're talking like 25 grand a year or something crazy. Mm -hmm. And in the California Disneyland, you can see like there's one place, I think in New Orleans Square, where there's like a door and it just says a 33 and there's a restaurant above the park. And so I was like, that's kind of what I want this to be like. And not like, oh, I'm shishi, but in the sense that A, it's a new offer that we're structuring and figuring out. But B, I, I know my bandwidth and mm -hmm. who I want to work with. I don't want people that want to just inquire and get on the phone. I want people to go, that's a great service. I just need you to go do that. Yeah. And they trust me to be the strategist. Cause these guys were like, Kim, we're not expecting you to do the work. We just need your expertise. Then you hire people to do the work. So does that make sense? Yes. How I, okay. Yes. So I think again, with pricing, it's really important to understand. We talked before and you can refer back to that, but we talked about the marketing conversation. And so start with some need, agree to the problem, agree to the solution, invite them to come closer. Price is actually another level of that same conversation. And so it's important that the conversation that you're having in your marketing, that you're having in your sales process is aligned with the pricing that you're quoting. But it's okay and actually great if you can do something like you're talking about that's an outlier. So I just got back from a trip to uh, Portland where I have a large industrial client who they're a brick and mortar business and they're, they're entering the online marketing, digital marketing space. And I worked with them for four days on site and conducted a digital marketing workshop and trained their employees. And I'm going to be acting as a consultant for them to put a big inbound content marketing 
plan in place for their business. So it's going to involve writing hundreds of articles, making um, dozens of videos, and, and really a full team effort that I'm consulting on and I'm spearheading. And I charged a heck of a ton of money for. And they're happy to pay that, right? But I'm not marketing that. Like I am mm-hmm. obviously, obviously I'm talking about it here in this context. So if, if that fits you and you want to inquire, like, please go ahead. But I'm not actually marketing that because I only want to do that work for such a small group of people. And I want to charge so much for it that it's just not worth my time to go out and market it. It's better to right. have that happen word of mouth. And mm-hmm. just now I may eventually write a case study about this that I share in a selective way with people who might be interested but but let's like it's not my main business. It's an offshoot of my marketing mm-hmm. conversation. Yes, that that's exactly yeah. It, that's exactly where I'm coming from with this too. And I thought, okay, you know, I don't necessarily want to drive this, but I know I could scale it to a point that works for me and mm-hmm. is great cash flow and mm-hmm. helps me also sort of master my craft and just get yes. better at it. it. It was like this this huge win win. Um, okay, so we know what not to do, and mm-hmm. so you're looking at. Can we, I don't know if you've got like a a framework or a few bullet points to look at. So we've already talked about knowing what your time is worth and you have to figure Mm -hmm. out what you need to be profitable. So if you could keep, let's keep moving down the, sure. what else I should look Um, at. (laughs) So, so we've got your cost, we've got what you need to be profitable and we've got what other things are selling for in your markets that are similar, that are in that space. Um, And then it comes down to, honestly, it comes down to your gut. So we don't want to just grab a number out of the air without figuring out our costs, without figuring out all of these things we've already talked about. But then we get, once we have that information, we really do need to grab a price out of the air and just decide what is the price. I, what I tell my clients is what is the price that will allow you to sell this with joy? Oh, I like that. Not with an eye roll. (laughs) Like, did I roll my eyes? No, not you. But but so often we 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 quote with hesitation. Oh, I think that's uh, a thousand, like with a question mark, a thousand. So what we're looking for the client to say yes. (laughs) I I agree, it's a thousand. Oh no, I think it should be nine hundred. Like really. So what can we quote with confidence? What will allow us to sell it with joy? So we we sell it with joy. We let it out into the wild, whether it's a product or it's a service. And we don't have a sinking feeling in this pit of our stomach that we could have charged more. We don't mm-hmm. have um, yuck in our stomach that, you know, I can't believe I charged this much and somebody paid it. Oh, imposter syndrome. Like it just feels like it's right to us. But then we have to gather data as that price interacts with the marketplace. And, The first thing everyone thinks when something doesn't convert is that the price is wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the last thing you should look at because every single thing in the world can be sold for, or I'm sorry, the price of every single thing in the world just about is a reflection on how well you marketed it. It's really not a reflection so much on the value of the product itself. It's the way you communicated the value. Okay, I'm just going to jump in because the example I, I've seen a handful of times, I don't know if it's an ad or not, <clears throat> but that Tiffany, right? Tiffany and Co. sells a sterling silver paperclip for like $195. <laughs> and I would bet you it sells. I'm I sure. would bet you $100 it sells because it comes in a little blue box with a ribbon. <laughs> yep. So on my recent trip, I traveled. 
I traveled and I, so that meant I ate at a lot of restaurants and I'm, as I've previously said, I'm like the world's fattest vegan. So I have like dietary needs, right? So I'm a, I'm a great consumer of bread. And at some restaurants, bread is free on the table. They just bring you bread. You sit down, there's bread. It's wonderful. Other places, you have to pay $4 to get bread to the table. And (laughs) some places, the bread is sort of gross. And other places, the bread is warm and fresh. And you know what? I just order bread all the time. And I don't care what I have to pay for it. I'm just getting bread. And so if I'm in a fancy sit-down restaurant and they want to charge me 5 bucks to bring bread to my table, okay. I want bread. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a diner and they want to slap a few slices of Wonder Bread on a plate in front of me with a pad of margarine, okay. I just want bread. I'm not, you know. So like, <laughs> that's like the Tiffany's paperclip. For some people, they want a, t- a paperclip in a blue box. For me, I want whatever Walmart charges for this little sucker because I throw <laughs> it away. I lose it. You know who knows? Totally. Um, it all has to do with marketing. It has to do with positioning. It has to do with the context. It has to do with what the client needs. Those are all things that factor into price. So to get back to what I was saying, though, if you put something out there at a price, let's say you you have a product, uh, a course, and you put it out there for you, you want to make $100 on it. And somebody told you that numbers that end with seven convert better. So you put it out there for 97 bucks and you slap up a landing page and you've got some Facebook ads going to it and you're selling to a cold audience and nothing happens like crickets. The very first thing most of us do is cut that bu- that baby to 47 bucks. Like we just drop mm-hmm. it 50 bucks right there. Why? Because we've decided the price must be off, but you know what? It still won't convert at 47 because the problem isn't the price it's the marketing. You haven't done your job of drawing the lines. It, it has this value. If you get this, you can do this. The, so that's every, so that line that you add that gives context increases what you can charge for something. It always does. So the first place to look is at your marketing. And do I have that marketing conversation correct? If I do, the price is possibly the problem. But it's often true that the price needs to be increased, not decreased. So Perception, right? When something's cheap, it's like, meh. Yep, totally. Now, the difference is if you're trying to fit into the space where... um, things are like a no brainer, then you really do need to stay in a certain low range. Cause I'm not going to pop my credit card in for two grand and have that be a no brainer. Like that's just not going to happen. Yeah. But, but if you stay in the 50, $75 ceiling, even a hundred for the right thing, that is pretty much a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, if you have a sales and marketing page that adds a lot that demonstrates a lot of value that's very, very wordy. And then you have a $47 price point. I do not believe you. There's a lie somewhere. Yeah. And, and I usually think that the lie is in the value that you've talked about. Well, you know, it's funny as we were with the planner. So we're, we're running an ad right now <clears throat> and testing it. And it's a really long form copy and we've got a great uh, relevant score. So we're, we're kind of in this place where it's like, Facebook needs to learn about. And so we went through this learning phase. Now it's like, this is actually converting cost per clicks are, you know, but the point, so we send them to this, you know, how it works page. And then we were both thinking, Joe and I are thinking, you know, for a $39 planner, we don't need to do, we don't need to go crazy with this. And, and mm-hmm. we, we really don't. And so even looking at reevaluating that sales page, which for what it's worth, it's more like, this is what the planner is. It's not, 
stellar copy. It's not like, oh my gosh, the sales page, because a $39 sell is not that difficult and they're getting a physical planner. And so, but, you know, I do think there's ways that we can tweak it so that we get more conversions, right? Right. So what can I do with that planner that I can't do without it? Exactly. And, and how does each feature support that? So it has this so that you can do this thing that you can't do without this Mm -hmm. planner. Like that, that truly is, is the bottom line. That's like the total, like, I wish I had a Harry Potter wand. Yeah. (laughs) It's the Aloha Mora that opens the door. (laughs) So Uh, why do I know that? Go ahead. (laughs) I don't, I'm going to just like take over your agenda because I want to talk a minute about discounting because it's really, that was next thoughts on discounting. Yay. Right here, girl. (laughs) So, so unfortunately I don't have a hard and fast formula for pricing. And I think that's what everyone's looking for. Like you, like a calculator, I put in these three things and you shoot out the ideal price that doesn't exist. So what people often default to is discounting and it is a huge misstep. It's huge. It's so huge because it's like, um, it's like that neighbor who always says, honestly, I'm telling you the truth. No, it really did happen. Like if they say that to you often enough, you're like, this dude is a serial liar. Like I just do not believe anything even comes out of his mouth. You know, honest to God, I saw aliens on my front lawn. Sure you did. Like, I just don't believe any of it. Discounting is like that. So my personal pet peeve is when I see a long sales page and it says this feature, $2,000 value, this feature, worth $9,000, this feature worth $3,000. And then it says your price today, $9.97. I hate that. It's it's clearly a uh, marketing gimmick. It's clearly a lie. Okay. Along with that is um, you can get a discount. You can get a discount. I'll, for a limited time, I'm taking $2,000 off. For a limited time, I'm adding this extra thing. That's another form of discounting. I personally, in my business, recommend discounting three times. An early bird. If you take, I'm going to trade a lower price because I want you to take fast action. If you're an early adopter, you get a reward. Here's a discount. That works for me. It feels like it's in, it, there's integrity, and it because there's a value transfer. Mm-hmm. We're transferring timeliness and responsiveness for a price break. That feels okay to me. I will um, provide a discount for a payment in full upon scheduling. <laughs> that's that's my personal one because I just don't want to mess around with your payments. <laughs> like, so if you pay me, I'll just give you. I actually give ten percent off. So, well, I think a lot of people do that. It's fun. I, you know what? I, I'm watching this uh, Ramit Seti. I got this training of his, mm-hmm. and then of course on the thank you it was like, oh, get this. Um, and they're not high cost stuff, but. I like his copy and all that anyways. And so I'm looking at the, um, he's got another one and it's absolutely, it's, you can make payments or you can get a discount by buying full price. It's rewarding the action. I I think it's, that's it. I think it's super smart. I give a discount for a beta. So if I'm beta, uh, beta testing a new offer, a new service, I say to people, this is a minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. We're going to communicate via Google Docs. You're not going to have a fancy dashboard. I don't have everything nicely formatted. You might find typos. If you want to be my guinea pig, I will give you a lower price. I don't mm-hmm. have any problem with that discount. Um, I also will give, so those are the three times that I will discount, like face up, straight up discount. 
Um, I will also do what you refer to in the landing page. They give you another offer. I'll do some bundling. So Mm -hmm. if you, I consider that a type of discount. So if you hire me for um, one service and I have another companion service that goes with it, we can bundle those together at a cost savings to you. The value there is I'm not opening my head to you twice. I don't have to set you up as a client twice. I don't have to do the onboarding twice. If you're willing to do this all at once, it's going to be more effective for me to deliver on it. Therefore, it can be cheaper for you. I think the key for discounting is to always have that exchange of value. Somehow there's an exchange of value. I will occasionally, if someone's having difficulty affording me on a one-off basis, if I think their product, their project is interesting, I will say, if I can use you as a case study, if you will give me mm-hmm. candid feedback all the way through and you will give me a headshot and you'll give me permission right now that I can use you on my website, I'll give you a discount and that'll make this more affordable for you. Again, an exchange of value. So what is a huge misstep is to just discount because you're desperate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, oh, oh, it's not converting. I know, I'll do a discount. Okay, you sound as desperate as you are when you do that. Or doing a discount because um, you have to pay your rent and you don't have money this quarter, so you'll just discount everything and do a flash sale. Um, People who consistently do that, the reason it's a misstep is what you're telling people is that you know your prices are too high. Mm -hmm. And you turn yourself into the art van furniture in your space. So like if I just wait till President's Day, man, that couch, there's no reason for me to pay full price for that. Sorry, I was going to say, there are certain marketers and stuff that I watch and or, or I can't even, the example I give is Michael's, the arts and craft store, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't really buy a lot of holiday decor or whatever, but but they'll do, like, if I go in every blue moon and, you know, next thing you know, I'm like, oh, they've already got, I don't know, it's August. They've got Halloween out, right? So right. I'm like, oh, that's cute. But I'm like, I'll be back because they'll put it off for 35% off or 40% off a month yeah. before Halloween. So I'm like, eh, it's, I, they've completely trained me to yep. look for stuff on sale. Yep. Um not to call out other people, but Kohl's is another one. So I love Kohl's. I get uh, clothing at Kohl's. We have a Kohl's card. I know they're going to send me a percentage off coupon. I know they mm-hmm. are. And it's, it's got a peel thing and they're 10, or I think they're 15 or 20 or 30. I never buy anything unless I get 30%. And if I, if I peel one and it says 15, I have learned, I can take whatever I want to the register and show them my card and say, I got this and it's only 15 and I want a 30. And they'll up me to 30. So like, there's no reason for me to ever buy anything that's full price at Kohl's in any circumstance. There's just no reason. So what they've done actually is they've trained me that the price, the ticket price isn't true. And, and so if you want to train your market that way, if you, if, you know, if I want to be the digital marketing strategist for whom you can just negotiate, like I use car lot and name your own price. All right. I can Mm -hmm. position myself that way, but it's not profitable. So why would I do that? Why it's not a good strategy. So you end up getting conversions, but there's no sustainability to that. So in the moment you generate a little cash flow, but you, you're, you're shooting. You're going to be back at square one. And you know, mm-hmm. the other example, just while we were kind of talking department stores here is I remember yeah. watching 
JCPenney's when they brought in this new CEO who was a Nordstrom's guy, right? Like he had come from higher luxury brands and Penny's was known for coupons. Like my mm-hmm. mom used to get nylons there for, and I mean, literally she would just wait because she knew she'd get like 12 coupons and it was like, she'd end up with all this free stuff. And it, and what happened is Penny's sales tanked because mm-hmm. their customer base wanted that. There was also, I think, besides the savings, there was this fun and this thrill of like, you know, I can get another 15% yeah. off, even if it says it's 15% off. So, I mean, he didn't last long and they brought the coupons back, but it hurt the company significantly mm-hmm. because their customer base wanted coupons. <laughs> and see that, that takes us to another point. So a lot of business coaches, myself included, will frequently tell people that they need to raise their price. Like your, your, your bottom line problem in your business is that you need to double what you're charging for this service. That is often good advice. And I often give it myself, but it's not 100% true. So you can't take a class that tells you, you should be charging X for this or double your prices today and have that work for you necessarily. The pennies is a great example. So there are some, it depends on, it depends on your positioning. So for instance, if you, if I'm writing copy for, um, dentists and dentists don't need a lot of persuasive copy, really, like they just need to talk about their teeth cleaning services, you know, how to get an appointment, et cetera. There's, if I'm doing really well, packaging that at two grand, let's say, and it's converting well. And then I talk to a business coach about profitability and how I'm, I'm feeling like I'm not streamlined. And he says, just double your prices. That can tank my business mm-hmm. because my market is ready for that $2,000 price and it's, it's converting well. And actually the problem is not my pricing per se. It's the mismatch between my pricing and my costs. So when your price is well-received and it's converting well and it's well, um, accepted and it's positioned well in your market, but you're still not profitable, look inside. Where can I streamline? Where can I cut? Where can I become more efficient? Where can I reduce cost? Because that price is working for me. It's Mm -hmm. just not profitable. So the profitability puzzle isn't 100% tied to price. That's huge. And so the other thing I wanted to, that I heard recently, like the raise your price isn't always the answer, Mm -hmm. right? But it, let's. I want to ask you about the case where. So maybe it is right. And and I, I, what I've heard is a good rule of thumb is if it sells super easy, you're probably not charging enough. And yeah. we're talking probably more about services in this in, incident, right? right? So, right. Um, how do you? Where do you start with? Okay, I'm charging two grand for this. I have no mm-hmm. problem selling it. I have too much demand. I can't. You know, mm-hmm. where do you start with upping your prices? Um, generally I raise my price. I do an experiment. So mm-hmm. let's, so if I'm converting well and I'm fully booked and you know, whatever, I just raise my prices usually 25%. And then I sell two. And as soon as I've sold two, I raise another 25%. And then I sell two. And as soon as I sell two, I raise another 25%. And then I sell two. And as soon as I can't sell two, as soon as I'm talking to five people and I'm, maybe getting one and they're not real happy about it, 
that means I've hit the right place, right? Mm, yeah. My price is probably close to right. And so I use that experiment just because it's the easiest for people to understand. But in general, I would say if you're converting 100% of the people who are inquiring, your price is way too low. Mm-hmm. I like to convert about 75 to 85% of the people I talk to. Mm-hmm. And I, I do, however, convert. I have a um, proposal model. So if I give you a proposal... I, I decline giving people proposals, actually. I'll just say, you know what? I don't think we're a good fit. It's not the right time. If I decide to give someone a proposal, I convert 90% of those. If you're in the 10% that didn't take action on a proposal of mine, it's because of usually a factor on your end. And it's it's not, it doesn't have to do with my pricing. Mm-hmm. If, if I start converting less than 90% of the proposals I issue, then I'm looking at price and I'm looking at, whether or not I'm issuing too many proposals, but I have like a prestige model for my business. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, you, those are all factors that can inform whether or not you're properly priced. If you have a waiting list or if you're fully booked or if you're converting at a hundred percent, raise your prices, Mm -hmm. see what happens, but don't double them, raise them 25%. Yeah. I had a mentor one time that said, you know, what's a stretch goal? Like, what do you, for, and, and it was more of an hourly rate. And this was way back when I was getting started. And she's like, okay, well, can you go to this much? And I was like, eh. and, she, and then she met me in the middle. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can add to your point. I can mm-hmm. confidently say this mm-hmm. is the cost and then go for it. And it, it's interesting because I'm reworking uh, the homepage on my site because when I pivoted to the personal brand, it was like, let's just get stop with the WordPress chick. I know I'm doing content and stuff, but it, it hasn't been clear and I'm mm-hmm. crystal clear now. And it's interesting. Cause I thought, okay, well, if I want to do this done with you, I'm like, I literally was like, well, I'm just going to double the cost. Like I, there was, there was no qualms. There was no waffling. I thought, no, there's a ton of value in this. And I don't want to work with people who this is mm-hmm. too much for. And I, it's not a, a judgment on whether it is or isn't, but if it's, if it's too much, we're probably not a good match because your business right. isn't doing what it should be doing, if that makes sense. Yes. And that and that is a factor as well. So one of the things that I do, because I am rather expensive and I want to be, um, and not because I'm greedy or arrogant, just because I want to weed out people. I want working with me to be an aspiration for someone like, oh, I'm almost to the place where I can afford to work with her. And I know I'm going to get amazing results. Like That has to do with positioning and where I've placed my business. Mm-hmm. But because I reach people who are mentally ready to step there, but they're not maybe financially ready to invest, I offer payment plans that are pretty generous. So Mm -hmm. I will say to someone, what can you afford every month? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, based on that, it'll take you 18 months to pay me. How does that feel to you? (laughs) You know, (laughs) and and if they're like, fine, then we do that. And I, I never have had anybody not make payments like, screw me over on payments. So I don't, I, you know, knock on wood, but I don't, I don't actually expect that to happen. And I don't come into it that way. Um, there was a point I was going to make. <laughs> well, you know what? That's right. <laughs> well, I say, the interesting thing with that too, Michelle, is my guess is you have a process that mm-hmm. filters and pre-qualifies people up to that point. Yes. And so, and also based on what you do, you can probably look and say, there's a ton of potential, there's opportunity, I know I can make them profitable, which will be an easy win return for me, versus, you know, a lot of people, I did this so much with websites, it was like, yeah, I would take it because it would, it was money. 
And I didn't really want to work with them. And every single friggin' time I did that, I regretted it. And yes. I, like I had a client I had to fire twice. Like she came crawling back and it was like, <laughs> you know, be, it doesn't matter. But, and I was like, okay, we'll give this another go. And it was, it was just horrible. But, yeah. um, you know, so I, I think also setting up that pre-qualification for pricing. I don't know if you want to speak to that for mm-hmm. a minute. And you guys, if you have specific questions on pricing or where you're stuck with pricing yes. uh, a course or a product and op- whatever it is, please ask. You've got Michelle here. Um, you know, so- and, and after this too, in the content creators group, if we want to have a more robust dialogue about specific pricing issues, I think there's like some legality about price fixing and we have to be careful about actual numbers, but I'm also happy to like private message someone with specific advice that doesn't go public. If you add, if you start with a question in the group and then, you know what I mean? So, yeah. well, um, I was going to ask you, Michelle, too, we could offer, and I'm just going <laughs> to just go ahead. Throw it out okay. There. Like we could maybe do, if we get a handful of people, I'm going to tell you, like, we'll charge for it. Michelle and I will come up with it because it's mm-hmm. her money, but like an hour call, maybe with an intimate five or six group of people. Yep. Um, so I have no idea what that looks like and we'll yeah. come up with something. So it's like a one-off thing, but I think there's a ton of value if yeah. you don't want to be sitting here publicly saying, well, Michelle, I charge, you know, $500 for X. What do I so have to do could... to charge a thousand? Yeah. Right. Right. I, so, I would love to, I'll just throw me, this, guys. yeah, I will throw this out there, Kim. I would love to do a group coaching call. We can figure out what that is where I would be free to tell you. So I have another, um, I've done group coaching things in the past where we can get on a call and I will tell you, I think you should charge X and here's why, and here's Mm -hmm. what you need to do to get there. And here are some action steps. Like I can get, (laughs) you're welcome. I can get that, that detailed with you in a private setting. I just can't really do it publicly. So um, there is a difference between, and again, it goes to positioning. So I do have, I have a filter process in place. I, I create content that, I don't write to a low readability marker. I want people to have to really think to read my content. I want it to be chewy and Mm -hmm. meaty. So that alone is a filter. Then they have to inquire. And my inquiry form is rather robust. Then they get on a call with me and I ask pretty deep questions on the call. And I am typically fairly candid in my response in the call. And so if I make you cry on the inquiry call, you're probably not a good fit for me. That happens sometimes. Um, (laughs) I, you know, I will ask people, so what is the value to you if we do this work together? Like, this is hard work. Are you, are yeah. you in it to win it? Cause you know, yeah. and so I do have a vetting process. And if I give you, I want, when I give you a proposal for you to feel like um, you've won something cause you get to read a proposal. I mean, and that, I know that sounds really arrogant, <laughs> <laughs> like surprise. I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden ticket. But but I I create my system with that in mind. Like, does it feel that supportive? Does it feel that exclusive? And that's because that's where I price. But if you are trying to sell something and you don't want to position that way, if you're trying to help as many nonprofits as you possibly can, or if you are trying to help as many people who are getting started as you possibly can, or you just need to generate some revenue and you've got a course that you know it's positioned well to be sold at $87. That's a different type of pricing conversation. And then you just need a different marketing approach 
to get that in front of as many people as possible. It's a, it's a colder cell, if you will. It doesn't require as much of a filter. Um, I, no, can help, it, it, I can help you do that too. <laughs> no, that's great. So um, for those of you, again, if you're listening to the podcast, I'll publish this this week. I, I'll, I'll just strip the audio out so it's timely. Um, and if you're listening to this later, watching the replay after, um, who knows? Maybe we could do this again down the road. But so, uh, Judy Fritz, I got you. And if you guys PM me or Michelle, if you're interested, Michelle and I will talk offline about what that yeah. looks like. I'm not looking for like, we're just talking like a, a one-off, like a more candid conversation, private training piece. Yep. I'll tell you the way this will work best. So, so here you go, Kim. Okay. <laughs> I'll just take Let's a do it. Podcast. The way this will work best is I'll have a short worksheet that you'll get when you sign up and you pay us and you'll get the worksheet. It's just a Google doc. You'll get your own. You'll share it when you complete it and share it. Kim and I will both have access to it. That's just so we can save time on the call because I know the background story and you will have done some of the thought work and then we'll just dish on pricing and you can have your 20 minutes in the hot seat or whatever it works out to be. Yeah. And the beauty of that too, you guys, is I think there is so much value in consuming other hot seats. When someone else is in the hot seat, you will have light bulb. I'm totally getting goosebumps, Michelle. This was like a fun, like, <laughs> look what came out of this. Um, but I think you'll get, to me, there's so much value. You get all these little aha moments. So um, thank you, Michelle, for being game for that since I just threw it out there. Oh, I love um, doing stuff like that. It's crazy. But so we are at the top of the hour, you guys. Um, oh, and well, let's hold on. We got a question here. Oh, okay. Um, Tammy, and I'm going to read this for those of you listening. What do you think about posting websites start at X dollars to vet people right away? I have a dollar budget question in my inquiry form. I love that strategy. I recommend it all the time. Um, it is wonderful for keeping the tire kickers away from your business. The thing you have to make sure of is that you are, that you can live with that number. So there needs to never be a time when you quote under that number. Otherwise it's a lie. So if mm-hmm. websites started a thousand, then you don't quote one for nine fifty. They started ever. A thousand. That's what it starts at. And if all they want is a single page thing with a template and you think to yourself, I could really do that for 250 bucks. It doesn't matter. You get a thousand for it because you've said it starts at a thousand. So that's the one caveat. And I'm not saying a thousand is a magic number, but I love that because it does weed out people and mm-hmm. you will still get people who inquire um, and say, I don't really have a thousand, but I'd like to see, I'd like to talk to you anyway. Um, you get to decide if you want to take, talk to those people, but hold fast with, you know, if we could, if we could do payments, can you get to that number? Um, but don't, don't go backward on that number. I think there is a real intangible benefit to yourself because you're not compromising your own integrity and trust and belief and value in who you are and what you bring to the table. So there is this real intangible thing and that just beefs up the confidence and, and you're showing I stick to my word. So there is that sort of moral element that comes into play too. Um, Anyways, guys, this has been fantastic. As always, Michelle, you're just like this jam. I'm like, who else can I get you on a podcast with? This is just, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I love your audience. I love talking about this stuff. And I know pricing always feels like a meaty topic. And then it feels like there's not really good answers for it. But trust me, um, you'll get there. And I'm happy to answer all questions. We'll, we'll get it. 
All right. So you guys, we will, after Michelle and I talk offline, we'll come up with a time and cost and all that kind of stuff for this one-off group hot seat session. Um, I will post some details in the Facebook group. Um, thank you as always. If you have not, you know, shared this, if you've got a page, a group, um, help spread the word about Michelle's fabulousness. Um, and you guys have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for joining us. What the bucket, right? Do you see what I mean? Woman is friggin' brilliant. You definitely want to uh, sign up. We only have five spots. So if you're interested, at the time of this recording, we've already sold a couple of them. So there's only a few spots left. But you can go to kimdoyle.com forward slash Michelle offer. Okay, and I will have the link to that in the show notes. Again, it's kimdoyle.com. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Let's try this again. kimdoyle.com forward slash Michelle offer. As always, guys, thanks for listening. If you've not gotten your Content Creators Planner, come on. We've got some exciting things coming out. So go to contentcreatorsplanner.com for that. And I will catch you on the next episode.